ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Max, how was the drive home? She was a little long, but went pretty good, so can't complain. It was solid. Got to be with the family, so can't complain about that either. Did you get the uh, trailer fixed? Uh, actually, I just picked it up yesterday, so yeah. Um, we got that fixed and all back together, so should be good to go. Great, great. Uh, and you didn't have to uh, – you didn't have to um... – <sighs> You didn't have to go backtrack to get the trailer, did you? So I came back here to Denver where I've been staying and working um, and then went to work this last week. And now this week, um, I actually took off from Denver to New Mexico to pick up my trailer and now came back to Denver with it. Wow. Long yeah. driving. It was it was a long day yesterday. So it was a full, full work day, that's for sure. So looks like... Uh, Walker's having some kind of technical difficulty. Looks like Walker's having technical difficulties. Um, I I sent him a video on how to join in uh, back before, like I sent that one to you. Yeah. I don't know if he still has it. Uh, Josh Merritt checked in, um, so he's in. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure that Walker will figure this out. How you doing, James? Welcome back on the right page. Uh, like I said, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So how did the invitational deal come to you? Um, as in how did it get brought up to me? Yeah. Uh, just happened to pretty much get a phone call out of the blue. Like I had kind of known about, um, more of the reunion side of it. Um, prior to it had been talked about, um, just with between, um, you know, Weenan and, um, Jeremiah Jones and myself, I'd kind of known about that. Um, but the race itself, uh, Wes just happened to call me out of the blue all of a sudden one, one week, um, and kind of fill me in on the details. And from there, we just kind of, you know, took off and went from there. Oh no, I need better lights. <laughs> what are you playing hey. in the dark? Yeah, uh, Walker. I'm in my truck. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can deal with a little bit of dark. It's God, okay. This looks bad. Here we go. It's just going to be my face. It's going to be weird. So how's everybody <laughs> doing tonight? Good. You're doing great. Hey, we're, we're doing great. I, how, are those, how are those hands feeling, bud? How do they look, bud? <laughs> they're for, they're oh, getting... They actually still look pretty rough. <laughs> they, they look worse than they are, but I can tell you oh I went back gosh. to work. 
Wednesday and I, I work for a movement company and that was almost as painful as racing moving stuff all day with the blisters and stuff. I'm like this. Oh, just- I can't imagine, man. Ooh. Leonard, did you, did you see this man's hands after the race? I know I wasn't allowed to stay. Oh. Bloody full bloody. I mean, there to the bottom, bloody palms. I mean, just unbelievable. And he held Bo Baranoff for the, until the last 12 minutes. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, it was until we hit dirty, dirty dog. You. <laughs> uh, that was so that was great. I mean, for an ATV MX guy to hold off Bo Baron for an hour and say, let's say, hour and fifteen minutes, uh, and to literally come across the the, the line. And uh, when I came up to Max, he didn't even say words. He just held his hands out in front of me like this, and it was just blood. <laughs> literally both hands blood and i was just like dang like i'm so impressed right now like look you're a good uh motocross rider but to be able to come out to any sort of endurance race whether it is woods or desert and and do what you did hats off to you man that's incredible well i appreciate it i had some uh you know, I had some guys out in front of me keeping me pushing, so it would have been a lot easier if I was just out front. So seeing you guys in the pace you're at, I couldn't just let you take off. So didn't quite make that happen, but no, it means a lot, man, uh, especially coming from someone like yourself. But um, yeah, that was uh, probably one of the hardest races I've rode just because of like physically endurance wise, I wasn't too bad, but it was halfway through and my hands were raw. Like I just couldn't hang on anymore. We were to the point where I'm like, this is just not fun. (laughs) So, but you know, having no one, um, Bo was coming behind, like for me, it was the biggest motivation to keep going. Um, and then seeing you guys take off that, that pace, I guess when you give yourself no trees, it makes it so much easier just to stay in the gas. I bet. So for you, you must've been loving it. (laughs) So it sure looked like it. (laughs) No, I don't know about all that, man. Uh, no trees. It was weird. Like, I've tried to explain to people what the difference between like 18 to 20 mile an hour average. So uh, we're pretty good at like figuring out our pace to like get our practice tracks. Right. So in 18, 17 to 22 mile an hour, mile an hour. Oh my gosh. 17 to 22 mile an hour average. There we go. Get it out. Uh, It's pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, We were probably averaging what 50. 40, 40 to 50 miles an hour the entire I mean my bike never saw third gear I mean it was fourth fifth maybe third in a corner uh second in some of the uh the enduro cross sections but I, I've never my, my machine has never pushed oil because it didn't like being just just wrong out just in in a gear before yeah, and I, I couldn't. I just couldn't believe it. Like, <clears throat> so in practice, I pushed. I pushed a uh, a pint of oil, sixteen ounces, and uh, in the race, I ended up pushing twelve ounces, just because of the inability to pull a high enough gear to where I was not in a rev limiter on another gear. Like, and like I said, I, I I don't have a big enough horsepower motor to really do what's capable of of the West Coast, which again, like. I didn't think, I didn't think push like, like physical detriment of the engine was going to be an issue. So like Max, I'm sure your bike was fine, but like our little XC motors were struggling so hard. I know, uh, even, uh, John Galata had some issues, 
they, they made it to the end, but like it was not good. <laughs> yeah, no, like for me, I didn't have so much issue there. It was just it was set up for me, like how stiff I was for Moto compared to you were too you were too stiff. I can guarantee you were too stiff. Like not even <laughs> I had that yep. like as soft as I could get it. Every clicker like had the rebound fast as I could get it, and it was too stiff. Like yep. I think that, like I've never in my career had bloody like i've never had a race where i come off in my hands like i'll get a blister every now and then but nothing too bad and that was like halfway through the race and my hands were just shot like i've never had that and i just same as kind of what you're saying i think just those high speed bumps like just not anything even even us on a moto track like we're probably somewhere around 30 35 mile an hour average like you're never like a couple of those straights, I was like, I need more gears. Like, this is getting too long. It needs to keep going. Like, I just felt bad for that thing. <laughs> no no doubt. Like, it, it's so impressive, man. And just, uh, anyway, Leonard, you were going to say something. I want to hear yeah. it. Did anything that we talked about when I was giving you some pointers, did, did any of that go through your mind when you were out there? I oh, mean, yeah. all of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Uh, so the only issue was Walker followers out there just walking away. So I'm like, yep, pace yourself, but the dude's just taking off. So this is not working so well. Uh, so, but, and then, and then here again on my side, the, the being soft, soft and long. Um, like I'm used to a, a 19.7, 19.8 inch re- or a front shock. We were at a 20 and a half. Um, and even then we just totally missed the mark on how soft it needed to be. Uh, luckily I got out there 10 days prior to b- before the event and, uh, I rode and I realized how not good it was. So I called my mechanic, Mark Notman, who is literally the best in the business and also a uh, BNR tune suspension. Uh, we got together, uh, and we worked on a, a triple rate setup that we thought would be somewhat close, but, uh, I still, I still was off. I actually ended up being soft enough. But I think my spring rates were a little off. I was almost too soft. I was I was almost too stiff on the valving, but too soft on the springs. But you don't know until you try it, man. And when you're going Mach seven across a desert, like desert, like I, there's such a difference between going between trees and 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 hitting berms and ruts and stuff, and then just being as hard as you can possibly go, and then just slam into a K rail. Like, I don't even think people know what that means. Like, and like, I can't explain, like, I hate K rails at this point in my career. I do, do not like K rails. Uh, second that I could go without one for a while. Right. Like, they like not needed oh, in a track. I didn't know. My suspension was. was really good. Like I'll, I have to admit for, for totally missing it a week prior uh, that we were able to get the suspension so much closer and uh, obviously i mean we were able to win so that's incredible but i don't need k-rails we could really do without k-rails well we'll have to make sure to put that in the drop box um <laughs> on uh somebody was asking flex bars or the pro uh the uh, the pro taper setup i guess the precision clamp i bet yeah i'll take flex my bars? flex bars any day of the week yeah, I'm gonna say flex. I even bars. I even went to the uh, the lighter elastomers, the uh, yellows. So on the east coast, I run reds. I don't really want them to move a lot. Um, on the west coast, uh, I had rode Alex Ortiz's bike, and he had the 
uh, yellows in there. They're broke down quite a bit more than mine. You know, he had a lot more hours on them. Um, but I opted for the yellows for the race and it was, it was a huge, huge improvement just for those just massive. When I say potholes, like on the East coast, when we think of pothole, we think of something you see on the highway, like in Ohio, New York, <laughs> West Virginia, you know, like a, like a, like a four inch deep by one foot hole. When I say a pothole out West, it's, it swallows up a side-by-side. Like a physical <laughs> side by side hole, it's sixty miles an hour. Like I, and I never believed it until you ride it, and then you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is the craziest bleep crap I've ever ridden in my life. And yeah, you you have to have give, man. Like again, your suspension can be too stiff. I never would have believed that my wood setup was was too stiff to ride fast. It is. Um, my handlebars are too stiff. So we had to soften everything to just allow for give and impact. And to, like, I understand why they're not two hour races. And honestly, now I don't know what I would do to prepare for a Baja, a 400, a 500, a, a Reno to Vegas, a thousand. Like, I don't even know what my setup would be because of how different just a 90 minute works race was to what I'm used to. That's why you call a guy like me that, that builds desert race bikes and set, set you up a combination that you'd be able to go out and test it because I'd already had, I would already have one of the fast desert guys shake it down for me so that when you got on it, it would be super close, super dialed and the elastomers on the handlebars I run the softest setup that you can run just because I don't want it to beat you up so bad. Um, yeah. The surprised. flex bars, <laughs> you know, a little story off topic, but then I want to get into the invitational race with you guys. Um, I was a non-believer in flex bars, non-believer at all. And I went and did shock testing by myself when my team couldn't make it. And I have a shoulder injury. I can't, I can't ride very long. And I went out and rode almost 200 miles testing shocks and riding the machine and setting it up. And when I'm driving home, I'm driving home with my bad arm and it didn't hurt. I will yep. never run anything but flex bars ever again. Hey they're man, that good. I know, I, know, I know they're not for the moto guys, which Max, I'm sorry. You might be over here on my, on your screen. I'm not sure where you're at. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, man, the, for off road, the flex bars are so good and they're just so proven. And, uh, Again, they might be too heavy for for you guys, and I get, man, for your short races, you guys are all about weight, and that's a, another big thing leading into that invitational race. My quad was sixty pounds heavier than any motorbike there, and um, you know we're not built for we're not built for speed, we're built for longevity, and uh, you know that's just a huge thing in itself. So I love my flex bars, but I also want to get into that invitational race because, boy, did we have a good time, Max. It was incredible. What a weird, what a strange, odd event that we had and see the guys that could get over tires and couldn't get over them, including myself, including yourself yeah. and guys that did get over them and guys who I thought would have got over them and couldn't do it. Uh, I'd hate to mention Brandon Hogue. I'm so sorry, but buddy, you didn't get over a single tire all night. <laughs> and you were my favorite. 
you were my favorite to beat Joel Hetrick. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh. Like, it was insane to me. Like, when we showed up, I was glad they actually added some dirt to some stuff because when I showed up and saw him, I'm like, okay, this is going to be hard. And then when I went out first, when we got to qualify, and I'm sitting stuck on the tire like three or four times, I'm like, okay, like, I either really suck at this or these are really hard. And then to watch Hunter and yourself come up and get stuck and screw with it, I'm like, okay. Well, I got over him once. I you did get over once. But, like, what what surprised me about the whole event was, like, there wasn't a single person that like had a clean race, every race, like nope. someone made and, and, nope. throughout the entire night. Like, and that doesn't happen, whether it's our motocross races, your GNCC from what I've seen, like usually the top guy has a successfully clean night, like where I didn't see a single person that rode a whole clean race. Like it was insane. Yeah. How big no doubt. I would say even Joel Hetrick up until the final, even, I mean, he rode obviously very well, but he never cleaned that big set of tires. And, you know, the, so if you were looking at it, the left side was obviously the fast line or the qualifier line and the right side, the main, the main tractor tires were the hard line. No one ever cleaned them Um, until the final Bryce Ford yeeted himself over them. I don't know how he did it actually twice in a row, even against myself, he did a fantastic job. Um, And I think maybe like that, that full on, like, I don't care if I die or if I get over it was the key. Cause like I was trying to be methodical and I did great all night, but man, he's the only guy that got over him when it counted. So up until that point, though, none of us could really get over it clean, like you said, except the qualifier line. And I think that was really fun for the qualifying times and, and the show and, and, and the longevity of the event. But, man, as the event, as, as the, uh, the, the head-to-heads went on, that, that line could flip-flop so easy. And it was just so fun to see the guys go head-to-head. And really, every single race was so close. Yeah. And, I mean, like, for me, like, you know, it was easy. And as the night went, like, I, at least I noticed, like we kept hitting the line. So it just got harder and harder. And then you just watch the mistakes, like continue and continue. And like, you know, for, like you said, you're trying to be methodical about it and I'm watching you. And then all of a sudden you make a mistake at the end. And like, I think you said it perfect. Like I would, you know, give it up to Bryce. Like he just committed, like it was just, it was either going to work or it wasn't. And I think that was kind of the difference at the end of the night was it was just, kind of who laid it out there a little more than the other, but it was, a, there was a lot of like, it's crazy to me how a tire separated that race. Like that was the biggest and like separator out of the whole track. Like otherwise, like you said, the racing was so close and tight. For sure. I yeah. mean, honestly, uh, will you say Max that the, the motocross was almost even, even for the XC guys? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was pretty close. I mean, obviously, I, I think you guys, I, I think we had a little bit of an advantage just as a horsepower perspective down some st- long straights. But, I mean, it was a couple bike lengths, you know, nothing like I would say. I mean, I was truly impressed at, at yourself and Hunter Hart, like with qualifying, you know, um, you guys on the moto side, like with us all being on bigs, you guys were right there. Like it wasn't like you guys were any slouches on the moto side of it. Like it really came down to that obstacle section to separate everyone. Yeah. And that's really what I was excited to see from, from Wes was I was nervous that the, and having raced it now at the works race, that the, 
the supercross style um was gonna be a little bit maybe favored to you guys yep. and then when we when we went to that to that uh track in cali uh uh San, sandy valley right um we went yeah. there and i walked it and i'm like man this feels kind of like a a durham town or a, a aonia pass like a, a track that 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 we actually if we're all in big tires and we're all in 50 inch bikes, like we're not really at a disadvantage. So uh, a lot of the XC guys do practice moto. So I was just really happy to kind of see that. I mean, it sucks the whole situation for it to be switched venues and the whole nine, it did suck because we lost a lot of spectators and we lost a lot of headcount and man, it could have just been even bigger. It was still really big. I got to tell you, I mean, Leonard, you were there, Max, obviously you were there. It was still a great event. Um, it just, it's just a shame. I don't know. Like I wish we could have had this exact same track layout, but move it to prim. And I think we would have had ourselves one of the best. We already had one of ourselves, the best nights in, in ATV history, but I think had it been at the original location with a similar track layout, it could have been the best night in ATV history. Yeah. I, you, 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 you have to take all of the things into consideration and lay it all out it would have been amazing if it was all in the one place with the the lights they had there you think about all the things that went on that day at the track the lights went out we were moving tires and logs (laughs) i mean you guys showed up and and i had just got done helping move logs and tires yeah you know I mean, when I got there, there wasn't a tire on the track. Like, it was a straight moto track. <laughs> this is true. Okay. true. I got there at uh, 4.30, and it, it, we were just having to come around. And I was like, well, screw it. I don't know if those guys can get over that, but I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. For $10,000, I'll try anything. What did you guys think about John Natale before they put dirt in there being the only one that could get over the tire? I I thought it was going to be a, a Walker Feller John and Tally final. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking at my odds at that point in time. <laughs> um, I got under the impression I might be faster to throw it over, just get it up there, push it over. <laughs> yeah, there there were a lot of moments where it was faster to literally just see who could bench press a four wheeler and launch it over tires. So I mean, honestly, I think John still wins that competition too. Damn close. He is incredibly fit. Yeah. He's still got it, man. It, it, uh, did we determine, is he 47? I think he's 46 or 47 years old, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, like, John, I'm sorry if you're watching or if anyone tells you, but at 47 years old, guy still freaking got it. Uh, I know personally, uh, watching qualifying, I was like, I really don't want to race that guy. And then, uh, obviously, going up to uh, Hunter Hart in round one, um, we were not happy together as a, uh, a GNCC group having to race each other in round one. We thought maybe the times were, you know, maybe not quite fair or something. I don't know, but it, it ended up being what it was and, and, and we had to race each other. So someone had to win. And unfortunately for him, it was me. And then, uh, round two, I raced John and Tally, and I'm like, I literally remember on the starting line, I, I shook his hand and looked over at him and, and Wes is getting right away with the flag. And I said, I really don't care what happens. I'm racing John Natale for a real race in my career. And 
like there's no business for this and i'm just so excited and so happy and he was like i think on one hand he wanted to be like dude you're weird and at the same time he was like sounds nice like sounds good and after the race he was like dude you know what hats off to you and i just i just i'm so thankful for that moment in my career um and it, it meant nothing obviously but it did to us and i think that's another huge cool factor about that race is that it brought a lot of guys together that would have never raced each other especially a different uh genres of racing and then b different time periods of racing i mean again i'm 30 he's 47 by the time i was really getting into it he was aging out um but for 10 grand shit we'll <laughs> we'll make anything happen so uh you know, that was just super cool. And then to hang out with those guys the rest of the weekend, that's another story. But anyway, I end up, uh, man, I get to race Bryce Ford, who just helped win the uh, the gold medal for the Team USA, who, again, like there was a thing on online where I had talked a little bit of crap online. Not like I didn't mean it as crap, but like I said that I would have enjoyed to someday in my career be in, invited to the, uh, the ATV um, designations team. And uh, this year was not that year. The The team we had was fantastic. Everyone did great. So, um, man, just to race Bryce Ford. And I was beating him for a moment, but, man, he cleaned those damn tires and just uh, it, it ended up going on to win the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Joel Hetrick saw that coming. It was just incredible. It was just, it was just a weird thing to see, man. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, I'd like to second on that whole, you know, riding with different gen generations of people and all that, like, I've never raced Natalie yourself. Like to line up with all you guys, it's someone as a seven-year-old kid. Like you said, you look and you're like, man, this is the top guy. Like you're all getting to race. And at that point, it's just cool to be there. Um, obviously you always want to go to win, but just, you know, I, I never met yourself, Walker, you know, always watched it, but never met you. Like that's cool to, you know, put a name to the face and get to meet people and race people. And, you know, I was impressed with just how like, solid the whole field was like it was good racing no matter what the race was it just everyone was there and it was good competition now matt max sorry walker max the uh, uh somebody from ecuador said hello and then somebody wanted to hear uh your your deal with rolling into uh your first uh go around in the invitational Somebody in the feed was asking a question about that. Just how how that kind of race went. Um, yes. Well, it wasn't clean. That was for sure. Um, <laughs> definitely. Max, did, you, did you end up racing Ladon? Yeah. Yes. That was literally one of the best races of the night. That's kind of what I've heard. I would have preferred it to be a little more stretched out, but uh, you know, it was it, literally it was one of the best races of the night. I mean, from getting stuck on the tires the first lap to catch it back up and then going over the handlebars the second lap and then making the last turn pass. Um, yeah, I couldn't have wrote that one how I did it. So it was uh, definitely a fun time. Like, it wasn't how I planned on it going at all. Obviously, as me and Walker have talked, I suck at tires. So we'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, that was a crazy race. Like, I was coming around the last couple turns, like, thinking to myself like man like i totally blew this race like i don't know if i can pull this off and when he kind of left that door open on the inside i'm like well i'm glad uh you know 
this is my first go around. Like, this is something we're used to in motocross. Leave the door open. Like, you're obviously going to run up the inside and take the line. But, um, yeah, just a wild moto. Like, it's not very often you can come off the machine and win a race. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, for that to happen. Twice? It's twice? Exciting. Did you go off the machine twice? Twice, yeah. That, that you know. Yeah. I was trying to keep <laughs> yeah. It might have been twice. And still win the race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, so. it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I loved it. Also, pass off to Jeremy Ladone, um, an, a, a guy that I'm local to as well. So he did a fantastic job. He was the only guy on a narrow bike. But still, dude, he left the door so open at the end. And man, did that motocross skill show at the finish line. <laughs> he had no idea that Max was there. That's what I was. No idea. I don't think. Nope that i was coming i think he had it and like i actually feel bad for the dude because like he just gave me the golden opportunity and he didn't even know it like i felt bad at the end of it but i was so fortunate because like if it wasn't for doing that like there was no time to do anything else so. oh no you were fresh out of time and just i mean you took full advantage and dang it was that one of the passes of the year for sure and then how did your second round go uh me and ford were racing to the and the second I hung so up we, on the time. We both got beat. We both got beat by Bryce. Yep, yep. Uh, so Damn we both, <laughs> both got hung up on the same set of tires. So I think yeah, the claim. Yeah. Uh, that, that's too funny. Um, Bryce is so still so excited. I got to talk to him last night, and he is still smiling and still you know just ecstatic, and still can't believe that it happened. I mean, I could believe it. Like, I don't think it was nothing against him, but I mean, Joel Hetrick's a favorite. Like, you know, that dude had a perfect night, and then to go out there and put it to him, like, hats off to him. Like, it was just a really good ride, and it all worked out for him. Like, I'd be sky high too right now. Like, it was for you know a first time event, and for everything to go your way, like that's an awesome night. So, super cool. Bryce just joined the feed. There he is right there, the dirty dog himself. What's up, Bryce Ford? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I would say that, that Joel Hetrick is a favorite basically going to any event. And uh, I I really had my own personal doubts, and I think a lot of people actually had money on me. And I was like, that's the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. You should definitely have your money on so-and-so. And, uh, yeah, as the night went on, I was like, I can't believe I'm finding myself, you know, possibly going down to the wire especially leading uh the last lap of of the semifinal against bryce ford and then just choking so hard on those tires uh again hats off to west miller and h-bomb films crew for putting on such a phenomenal race and giving what shoot it would have been 1 30 in the morning east coast time and i had i had people that literally said they didn't give a, a care in the world what happened and when I finally got to my phone, the amount of text messages and people that were like, dude, you were so close or dude, I thought you had it. Or I can't believe that Bryce Ford got over those tires twice when it counted. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just cool to see people excited. Cause yeah, we weren't out anything like you either won 10 grand or you were the same guy you were 20 seconds ago. So it didn't really matter. And at least for me personally, I had no, expectations to actually win the money just to be invited to to race guys like max or 
uh, John Natale. Oh my gosh. Like for me, again, the $10,000 was to race John Natale and, and to, to, to win that race in my career. Um, unbelievable. The year I turned 32, like, is like, I'm, I'm an old geezer now, man. And, uh, it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to really appreciate these races and these things in my life a lot more than I did 12 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, not that I don't appreciate any of my championships or any of my wins or any of that, but like, I know that my winning days are less now and to, to battle the top of the top and, and be a part just to be invited, just to be a thought in the ATB industry, Max, you were thought of to be invited. There were 13 guys at that event. Yeah. Yeah. And there was probably, um, I think there should eight have been or nine 17 no-shows. or 18. Yeah. I think there should have been almost no-shows. 20. Yep. So we yeah. sh- there should, there should have been 20 guys at that event, I think, which was the goal to be yeah. one of those tw- 20 people at that event, I think that that in itself speaks very highly of not only my career, but Max's career and, and the people that were there. I think that that's what means to me. No, I agree. Go ahead, Max. Yeah. I was going to say like, for me, that was the biggest, like, you know, did I plan to go to the West coast? No. Did I plan to race a works race? But like, because of that invite, you know, I got to race a works race. I got to come out and do this event. Like, you know, especially for me at 18, like, you know, Walker yourself, you're, you're established, you're, you know, seven time champ. Like that's, you know, saying something in our industry for, you know, a young kid like myself, like to come race a seven time champ that I'd never race otherwise, you know, that's, you know, a, a huge honor, a huge invite. Like, of course I'm going to be there. And I think that's how it was for a lot of people. And I think that's why the event was just so cool. Like it was something that we all just felt honored to be there. You're 18. I just, yep. Turned 19 last week, if that makes you feel a little better. But I raced you guys. So check this out, Walker. When you were becoming a pro, he was just getting out of diapers. I'm aware. That's like, (laughs) I hope people understand, like, like, like everyone's like, dude, you're not old. And then like, you talk to these guys and I'm like, no, I literally am that old. I promise. Like, I'm still a kid, man. Hey, before you were a pro. Like you got ten more years, man. I mean, look at oh, Chad. Allie. Oh, okay. Hey, job. when you're thir- when you're thirty, talk to me. All right. Well, I mean, bro, wait a second. Wait a second. Bo Barron was racing professional motor motorcycles um, and ATVs before you turned pro, Walker. And he's uh, still racing. Again. I and know. I'm just racing. saying. Like, so you know. It's I'm not dead. Hell no, I ain't dead, but I'm just saying, like my knees don't work like his do. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'll just twist the throttle a little harder. I was gonna say it looked good. It looked good at the works race to be. So it looked like the old veteran had had it going on. So this young guy's hands still ain't quite had enough. I'll say to- your your hands suck. I don't know what you gotta do to fix that, but uh old- <clears throat> man, these old, old guys are gritty. I'll I'll say that. We're gritty. You know, when, when when push comes to shove, we find another gear and we just go get the damn job done. So you have to figure that out, young man. I'll, I'll give it to <laughs> work in progress, but I'll say we'll definitely. Leonard, Leonard's trying not to laugh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just enjoying the hell out of this. Yeah, uh, this is great. 
No, um, so it, Max, also, uh, I agree that you and I had never actually spoken until the works race, correct? Yeah. Actually, well, that's a lie, until the night of the uh, the Invitational. Yep, yep. But then, so. uh, but Max and I really got to talk a lot the day after for practice. Was it practice or the day of the race? Day of the race, walking the track before yeah. there. Yeah, so day of the race, uh, walking the track, uh, we got to spend about two hours together. Um, great, great kid, man. Um, I can't say enough about Max. Uh, just, I mean, he's going to continue to be phenomenal in the sport. And I, I think that's just, especially as an all-around racer and not not uh, focusing his efforts solely on one thing. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that, especially now I know he's only 19. I thought he was much older than that. Um, <laughs> you know, the ability to reach out while you're young and uh, branch out, try to be better. How, how do I make myself, again, the best all-around rider? And I think that's where GNCC guys really pride themselves are. How can we be a better moto guy, TT guy, flat track guy, moto guy, and just be good athletes? And, uh, man, I got to say that, that, that Max has proven himself to be – and I don't want to bring up other guys uh, from, from the Invitational, but I think I saw a lot of people that I was very surprised by in good ways and bad ways. And uh, Max was one of the, 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 the riders that was in a good way. And to see him hold off Bo Barron for all but 10 minutes of a, a works race, just an incredible uh, rider, incredible kid. And man, I just, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the sport, not just in ATV MX, but uh, man, I think, I think he has a lot to show in a lot of other series too, which makes personally me as an ATV enthusiast, it just makes me really excited. Well, I, I appreciate all that. And coming from yourself, that means a lot as someone that's done it and worked through it. And uh, we're, you're speaking my language. Like uh, as much as I love moto, like I like to come do a couple GNCCs every year. And I like to go to the works because kind of like you just said, like there's something about motocross that that's where my heart's at. That's what I want to be the best at. But there's something about like when you show up to a race like this, just trying to be the best all around you can be like, before those tires show up next year, we're going to go practice tires. Like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, uh, yeah, like that's cool to hear from you guys. Cause you know, I've never personally got to meet you, but you know, I ride like I'm good buddies with Chad Weenan and we ride with Borich and a couple guys, you know, on the moto track all the time in the winter. And, you know, it's always cool to see like you guys step out of your realm into ours. And then like, for me, I like to go run the GNCCs and, I just think it also keeps it fun. Like just to be on the machine, like especially me at a young age, like I'd love to do this for the next 20 years, like 15, 20 years. That would be awesome. And I think, like you said, like that's a great way to keep it fun and, you know, try and be the best at everything, like, and just keep making yourself better and better. And obviously you've shown you can do it well. Um, so I need to take some notes, but um, I won't lie. The works race was stupid, impressive. Like, I figured you and Bo were going to be the top two, but to see you take off, I was like, well, he obviously proves he practices more than just dodging trees. So it was pretty cool to see. And I was going to ask how that, how that 50 inch wide bike feel to you? Something fuller, uh, way, way different. <laughs> Big fan, man. That yeah. 50 inch bike might, might see, you might see that old girl come to uh, a couple more races than you think. Uh, Yes, I am going to race an ATV MX. Um, I do have to 
do it at a certain time in the season where it doesn't affect any of the Omaha guys points, all the, all the stuff, um, you know, get with Steve Nessel and Donnie Luce and everybody, but, um, maybe a red bud. I think we talked, right. Is it, which is that sound? Is that not on the schedule now? So for what I, I don't know if the schedule, the schedule's not okay, really. So never mind. We're going to disregard that. that we we're going to disregard. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we're we're going to try to do a race later. If it's not, we got, I have to do one next year at this point. Like I, I understand that unless I'm in a, uh, a championship battle, which I hope I am. And then I have to miss, you know, another, another ch- opportunity at uh, ATBMX. If I'm not, I would like to try an ATBMX while I'm, I'm young, as young as I can be, uh, and have a, a decent setup, but man, that 50 inch bike was something else, dude, you guys like, so on big tires, I feel like I don't even have to lean and I have ridden it with the little tires and boy, is there a whole lot less work involved and the lap times drop dramatically, uh, on my personal practice track, my full race bike, uh, GNCC bike versus a stock motor bike with just little tires, uh, four second difference, the little tires on the same track, uh, just the motocross. Yep. So throw a big motor in there. I could see five, six. And honestly, when I, when I ride with Jeff Estrelli during the winter, or a uh, hat trick every once in a while, a uh, wean every once in a while. And I'm six to eight seconds down. Now I understand that because on my personal track, I'm six seconds better. So like I, I could see that, well, I compete. No, I'm not going to compete, but could I be a fifth or sixth place guy? Maybe oh, yeah. if I get the start, which I'm good at starts. So I'll hold that to you guys get better at your damn starts. <laughs> i'll give you that all day i haven't seen you out the gate but I, i'd be impressed to see uh what would happen so oh I'll give, I, I can i can drop a gate too man all right all right well i'll I, I won't lie i would love to see it like i totally agree i think you guys all day could be a top five threat if not better you know the, the time you put in like i mean you just showed you come to a works race you could come here and win and contend like i mean not that you know saying anyone can go anywhere but i mean i think with like you kind of said with the right amount of time and the right equipment like you're either a good rider or you're not like and obviously you and you're you're a great rider so you're gonna go and you know you might not have the time and experience but you're gonna adapt it might not be right away but i mean i would definitely agree with that statement 100 percent. like i see top fives all day um and yeah max how how different are sprints compared to endurance races to you i mean to be a honest 20 minute sprint as hard as you can go versus an hour like an hour to 20 minutes um like i'll do some 40 minute motos in practice and pretty much push the whole time that's very rare you know usually we're 25 30 and like you definitely after 30 minutes have to pace like you're gonna slow down a second a lap like that's just kind of where you're at but i mean for yourself like from what i've seen like i don't think it would take you very long to figure out a sprint pace for 20 minutes like i truly believe i think the endurance is harder than the sprint i mean like you guys those first from what i've seen in of the woods races and the works like those first you know 10 minutes you're pushing like you have to be almost sprinting not that you're you know maybe as fast as you could be but i'm sure you're 
pretty close to as fast as you can go. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely would say like, you know, give yourself a couple a week, a month. And like, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised to see you like no problem do it. Uh, so. so, so that's what I was going to say. I would have to take a minimum of a month of doing nothing but 10, 15, 20 minute sprints to even have a chance because in three to five minutes of doing a true sprint that you guys do, I get the worst arm pump I've ever had in my career. And I already know that that's a huge problem. So I already know, even though if I could do it, I might be a fifth or sixth place guy. The arm pump would make me a 15th place guy and probably get lapped. So I'm not going to pretend. And I'm, I've, I've read some of the comments that are coming up, like you'd smoke me on a start and your bike is so fast. Your guys' bikes and, and, and XC bikes are not even the same. So that's another thing I would have to get used to. I'm used to 55 horsepower, big torque motors, low horsepower. You guys are running 60, 65, pushing 70 horsepower machines, huge torque numbers. And these things are designed to last 30 minutes. Yeah. My, my, my race motor will go 40 hours. I mean, I and will say. Changing the oil here and there. Yeah. Like that. Don't tell Mark that. That Mark alone will be listening. a huge change. And that's kind of where I was going to go was I didn't know, like, for me, like, I'm the person that I don't like to take off a sprint right away either. I like to kind of work into it because otherwise I pump up. Um, and that was what I was going to say. I think you can sprint and do the whole moto. It's more how how tense you're going to get, how tight your body's going to get right away. Like Dude, that, I'm going to I'm going to blow up so bad. <laughs> Let like, alone again adding ten to fifteen horsepower that you guys ride. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, you, you'll work yourself into a system where you're going to have to control your breathing better with the amount of horsepower. It's just like the guys that are throwing heavy weights around when they're lifting, you have to learn to breathe um, in that environment with the different horsepower and the different terrain, you know, setting up to hit the jump where you're holding your breath instead of flowing like you do through the woods and you're relaxed and you're breathing. Uh, it, it Arm pump comes from holding on too tight and, and holding your breath. So oh, once you, <laughs> <laughs> well, big jump, big jumps, you know, I, 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 I get it. So Walker, you're a true professional. And as far as figuring it out, I think that you take that month and you'll have it dialed in and um, look out guys. I think, I think you'll be a top five guy. No problem. I've got a, a, tra a track like Ironman. I'm not, I don't even want to ride. The, the jumps are too big. I'm not interested. So I'll start there. Like if, if, if everyone's like, Oh, he's going to do a full series. I would Ooh, never you, hit one of those jumps. So screw that. I don't know how you guys do that. Hats off to you guys. You, you want to stand track. Like I could see you like a red bud, like you said, absolutely killing it. Cause that is oh, yeah. red bud or uh, Unadilla is, was one on my list, but I don't think it's on the course now. So that sucks. Yeah. No, it would be cool to see because yeah it would definitely i think it would take you a little time but i'd be pretty confident after watching your works race like you'd be good and like you said if you can't push you know you know i'd assume where you're at your speed your knowledge like even if you go 95 percent for the first half the race and you know work into it like a lot of moto guys for us like the last 
five minutes of the race makes a big difference. Like, because you're pushing and pushing and even us guys that train for it all the time, you get tired at the end of some races. Like it just, it's a 25 minute race and somehow you get tired. I don't get it, but you do. Um, and I think for you, like, it would be a huge benefit to you guys. Like, I think for you to come in, like, it's going to feel so short to where once you hit the halfway point, you'll be able to drop the hammer and, you know, it isn't going to matter because you're so used to going that extra hour or, you know, hour and a half. Um, and like, for me, that's why, like the past couple of years, I've always tried to hit a GNCC before the season, because once you run that two hours going to run 20 minutes, I mean, you hard, you feel like you hardly break a sweat after that. Um, no doubt. And, and Max, uh, once you've dodged trees, do you feel more comfortable racing riders very closely? Um, like when honestly, you have inches to spare, do you feel better about threading the needle? To be honest, like, I guess I've never looked at it that way. Like for me, like you're so used to the bumping and banging of where like when I'm in the woods, I ride so tight because like, I feel any kind of tr like tire catch a tree and it just throws me so off. Like, I'm like, like I immediately let out. Cause I'm like, what the heck? Like, cause I'm used to, I'm used to seeing someone else next to me and like, you know, okay, I got three, balling. <laughs> I'll just pinch it. Like if we touch, we touch like where we yeah. get within an inch of me or I touch a tree and like, I freak out because I know the tree's not moving where like other riders. <laughs> move. So from that aspect, like, I would definitely say like it makes you more comfortable around tight spaces. Um, like, like when you have a hole shot or something like that, or, you know, not that our national tracks are that way. Like when I go to a local track or like I ride at home, if you ride a tight track with trees, like I notice myself not worrying about it near as much since I've rode the GNCC. Like I've rode a couple tracks that are, you know, sand pits through the trees and like, it doesn't bother me like it used to. Um, but on a, on a national caliber track, it's so wide. Like it's not something that usually plays effect. Like, I, I was just wondering if it would like, like I, I wondered if stationary objects made you feel more comfortable than movable objects like other racers or, or, you know, oh, that, that sort of thing. Take the movable object all day. You hit a movable object. You got a chance. You hit those stations. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm the other way. Like I hate horses. I hate things that move. Like I will take, if I, like, I know I'm hitting that tree or that, that rock or something a hundred yards before I ever hit it. Like I'm coming up to it. And I'm like, Oh boy, I'm screwed. So at least I know I'm going to crash like i hate trusting other people so i think for me like like getting used to again the starts the first five minutes of the races when there's when there's 25 guys on top of each other i don't know what i would do if i didn't have a good start and i usually again pride myself on a good start so i'm the only guy i have to worry about so again at that works race i'm like there's 18 dudes on the line the last time i lined up with 18 guys was probably in 2013 so I yanked a whole shot and didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> so it worked out really good, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I, again, a, a gate start, I'd have to practice it, but I am good at it. I, I already know I am. It's just timing and then having the bike set up. The bike set up, having the I, gearing right. Dude, I had to – I still owe you $40, by the way. I, so it, We'll catch you at some point. So Yeah, so I, Leonard, I, owe, I owe him 40 bucks for a sprocket. <laughs> uh, all right 
Well, well, at least he was there to help you out. Hey, I wanted to. I help. wanted to ask. I'm gonna. I'll, I'm gonna ask you, Walker, and then and then you can chime in, Bryce. On that first lap, when you were out front, did John or even during any other time? Because you guys ran one, two, three for a long time. Did John ever put a tire in on you or get close enough to make you worry about him being there? He got close enough in the Bryce or not Bryce. Yeah, no, Max. Sorry. Um, he got close enough once we went under the uh, the bridge. Yep. There were a couple real goofy, like it was super fast. And there were like six or seven super tight corners that were just potholes and like really awkward ruts. Yep. With the sun right in your eyes. I mean, the freaking sun was like, blah, blah, blah. yeah, it was horrible. Um, he, as soon as we would go under that bridge, he would just, he, he would be 10 seconds back and he would run me down. And, and he knew that, that, that dusty, the, the worst sand silty, I think, uh, Bo called it a lake bed. I thought it was just a silt section, but, uh, Bo was calling it a dried up lake bed. Um, it was the worst part of the track. That was actually the, really the only dust part of the track, but, a, a down and a back, it was debilitating. Um, you dusted yourself out. I can't imagine anyone behind you or being in the middle of a group. So um, John would run right up on me, and I would do everything I could to stay in front of him for three laps, and then I would just get out ahead of him. And I would try to just – and then I would I would uh, arm pump. Uh, I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd blow up. I'd catch my breath. He'd catch me. He, uh, he started doing – the first two doubles in the pro section that we should have done for the Wavos Invitational. Uh, Max, I think you were doing them too. Screw that. Those first two were terrifying. They were literally walls. And then I, after, I couldn't believe you did the last two, but not the first two. Like the first two, I thought easy ones. Cause you're just like coming in with momentum. Like the next ones, you actually had the time. Like, no, 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 no. The last two were a piece of cake, but then you weren't getting the wall jump coming off the moto into the like desert section. Oh no. It killed my hands too bad. That, that was, oh, the, was it? That was the big thing was like, oh, okay. So hard. <laughs> dude, cause like, everybody good. after the race was like, dude, he was, he was, everyone was getting those two in, but you and John were the only guys getting that one well, and Bo, but we already know that Bo's a great motocross rider, but yeah. we weren't excited about him. We were excited about the GCC guys. They're yeah. like, dude, you guys are the only ones getting that one out. And I'm like, I literally did it the first lap because I didn't want John to pass me. Also, I, I jumped, I doubled the logs off the stairs. Yeah. Saw that. That that was stupid. But that I was thought, what? I thought Glotta was gonna do it, so I was just sending it because I was like, I have to stay in front, whatever it takes. And uh, so I doubled the logs, about kill myself. I do that wall jump. You do the like seventeen rollers, and then I bombed out of the rollers into the middle of the desert, and uh, just found a landing, which was sick. Uh, everyone had been doing it in practice, and I hadn't done it, so I, I don't know. I never did it. Like I didn't like landing in the hole out there. Like it was just harsh. I was like, it was harsh and terrifying, but you had to, like, I don't know. It just became normal. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, there's eight miles of track here. Like I'll <laughs> somewhere like screw this jump. Like, but then we hit the rhythm section and like, I hit all those the first lap. Like it was so Unreal. helpful for me you guys didn't jump them. So for me, like I was able to catch up a little bit, but it didn't matter once we got rolling, like, those K rails and stuff. I plan to go around them. And then I come out third behind you guys. And I'm like, well, I got to do it. <laughs> like, thanks guys. And so, but uh, yeah, you get for getting a good start, kid. 
well, I was about second to last out of the start, but just navigation was pretty solid. So I can say I would have loved, um, loved to have had your start. That's for sure. Uh, so <laughs> I know Max. Midway... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Walker. No, well, I was just going to say mid- midway through the first lap, I saw, I saw Hunter in fourth or third and I was like, okay, cool. And then I saw another yellow Yamaha and I'm like, who the heck is that? And then I see that particular Yamaha pushing Glotta, and I'm like, oh, my God. And there was a point where all three of us were in the same corner, and I remember looking back, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Max Lindquist. And I was, like, crapping myself because I'm like, I know he is going to be really solid for an hour. The last half, no offense, I'm not worried about it, but, like, for an hour, I was concerned if you got ahead, made dust, and got away that, like, we couldn't catch you and seeing how you finished is exactly what I was concerned about because you're gritty and like that gritty, like, like you're not just going to quit. So that gritty thing was what I was concerned about. So I was really happy that somehow I kept you back there and you just had to settle for third, uh, third and then fourth. I was so good until we hit the silt bed. Like yep. once I had no vision. You guys, when we got out of that, you guys were already like, I was coming into the pits and you were coming the other way. Like I was on Galata and then I was just gone. Like the, the dust came up and I was like, I've never experienced this in my life before. Like, what the heck am I going to do? Like I hit some like tumbleweed thing out there. Like like it was a total, it was a total shit show. Cause I knew like myself, like everyone I had talked to is like, you know, I talked to Leonard and they're like, you know, pace yourself, get out there. But I knew like, after the first couple turns of how rough the track was and how like hard the bike was on me that I was going to be beat no matter what after 45 minutes. So oh, yeah. like, I just, you were I, so stiff. Like, I your bike was so a lot stiff. of, Oh dude, I, I don't have flex bars, nothing. Like it was just raw. Like, and I knew if I could get in front of you guys, like I could make dust and I could hopefully keep it. And that's exactly what I was trying to prevent from happening. Cause yeah. I saw you pushing and I'm like, Oh my God. If Max gets ahead of us, we are screwed. And that MX yeah. bike, when you're pushing that hard in those conditions, so the key is you have to push that hard, or else it, it doesn't. It, it, it beats you up. The harder you ride it, the better it's going to work. Yep, and it, it and was he, like first, Leonard. First, he was flying. He was on uh, rails. I was on rails till we hit that dust, and then it was game over. Like once that happened, like I lost probably ten seconds, and from there, like you guys kind of held your pace and I couldn't like, I just couldn't get the bike to work how I wanted it to. And you guys were just hammering that same pace. And like my, I just couldn't handle it. Like I just had to like, I look back and I'm like, all right, like I can hold Hunter off. And then hopefully these two either slow down or I'm, I'm third. <laughs> no, I knew no, no. That, I gave it that half a lap push and I'm like, okay, like I can definitely, you know, catch up to these guys. But then I got on Galata and like, just couldn't really make a pass right away. And I started like the template quick came on. I started packing real quick and I'm like, all right, like just pull off and like, let's see what these guys do. And from there, like you guys just took off. Like it was, we hit like, it was like the second lap. Like I was pretty good for the first lap and a half or whatever. We hit that second lap and you and Galata just like hit, you know, that you found the sixth gear that we didn't have. Like, it was like, what the heck? So, it was cool. All, to see. all 50 horsepower out there just yeah. chugging, baby. <laughs> yeah. So how did, that- how fast did your hands go away? Um, I was about lap four, like the last two laps. My, like 
I looked down on lap four and I could see the blood. So like I knew at lap four, like I was pretty beat. So I think it was the end of lap four going to five because it was the last two laps. Like when Bo got on me, oh man, like my hands are so shot. Um, And it ended up, you know, the lap and then got to those damn K rails and the second to last one, like, it just fought me like I got hung up on it and there he drove away and I'm like well there went that shot but you know I kind of not that I expected it but at the same time like I would have my whole goal was to stay third like I wanted to be on that podium but to come up a little short with as close as I was like I I was pretty happy with it just because I knew how like harsh my machine was on me like I've never rode a machine that was that brutal. Like I was so over that machine halfway through the race. I'm just like, <laughs> when I pitted for gas, I almost pitted like just take the air out of the shocks. Like just, just do take them out, do it yeah, something. Like, <laughs> Cause this thing's like, Dude, yeah. I can't. And that's, I tried to tell, uh, I tried to tell my mechanic when I came out that uh, a week early and I tried to tell Glada and a bunch of other guys, I was like, Dude, you don't understand how soft you have to be. Like, it ends up not being soft, but you need that top part of the stroke to be so forgiving because it's just going to beat you to death. Mm -hmm. And and no one understands that until you do it. So, like, to hear you say that, I'm like, I don't know how you rode as fast as you did because my XC setup was so off, and I'm softer than you are. Oh, dude, it was before that. I just got to the point where I kind of like, I started taking the weirdest lines. Like I was like far out. Like I was cutting across the track. Like, cause I knew like the bike was going to just kill me. So like, once I knew <laughs> we're gone, I had this gap, I'm like, all right, like I need to find all the soft, like, you know, blown off stuff. And I need to ride all these soft lines. Cause otherwise powder. the machine was just going to kill me. And it worked for a while until Bo caught up to me because I was, you know, taking yeah, my good old. Yeah, but you made a seven mile track a nine mile track. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that really. And he taught me I couldn't really do that because I didn't want to relinquish the position, and then it just, you know, no you were printing now, it out. Do you think you could have got through the K rails and held them off? Because after the K rails up to the finish line, there were no, there were no enduro cross sections. If you could have got through the rocks, if you could have gotten I'm, through the rock section, the rocks didn't bother me too bad. And with the silt bed there, like I always gapped them. So I knew, like, I knew that last lap, if I could get to the silt bed in front of them, I had them because there was the rhythm section by the finish. Like there was all that high speed stuff where like, obviously we know like I can motor you guys. Like I had the speed down the straights that I needed. Um, so I really knew like coming to those K rails, like if I got through the K rails, it was going to be a battle through all that twisty curvy stuff. Cause of how like beat up I was, but I was pretty confident that I was going to be able to grit it out. And when I got hung up on the K rail, I knew that was pretty much it. <laughs> that, that was the end of that. Yeah. Like after that, I'm like, well, at this point, like, the dude's probably faster than me to start through this stuff at this point in the race. So like I might as well just consistent yeah. marks and go, but that was the thought was like, get through the K rails and I'm pretty much home free. Um, on the tables, don't go in the pond and then just haul ass into the desert. Dude, that pond. Thank God you said dude, that freak. Did we not go look at that? I didn't get to see it. You guys did. I, oh. I showed up that first lap and like, I, I so remember. Do you understand what we said? Uh, don't go in the freaking pond. 
Yeah, well, I got a little closer and I'd have liked the first lap. Okay. but I, well, I'm, I tried. I tried to warn you. I, uh, I was behind you and Galata, and, like, you guys slowed down, and I'm like, all right, like, they're slowing down for a reason, but I'm going to hit it just a little harder. And, like, <laughs> when I landed at the bottom, I'm like, holy crap, they weren't kidding when they said four feet to the water because I'm three and a half feet there. Like, we're close. Uh, so. it, Leonard, literally the track, so the truck track, you, you went over the main tabletop for the truck track, and then – Max, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. The other one was like a, just like maybe a berm of some kind or. It, it looks like almost like the dirt they would have dug the pond with. Like they just piled. True. Like I don't even think it was part of the track. So then we like mega bumped. So you like, you could almost step it up. Like the way, the way the rain ruts had shaped it, you could almost step on top of this thing. And then when you would drop down the other side, I, I mean, this is a 70 degree angle. It's like that i'm not kidding and it turned to the right and literally it went straight into a freaking pond like a 10 foot deep irrigation pond that they were literally using to to <laughs> irrigate the whole track with yeah no I, like you could easily jump to the bottom because i did it and it was not the line to take like it was no, like it, there was a, there was water like yeah and I, I remember so i was out there uh, myself and uh, oh god, uh, Hans, who used to uh, owns oh my god, used to own HMF exhaust pipes, and uh, my gosh, who else was out there with? Was Johnny with you? Might have been Johnny. I forget who else. Uh, there was a handful of us. We were out there walking the track, and we were out there uh, during the pro bike race. And uh, so apparently, they close all the gates off. We're East Coast people. We don't know what's going on. They closed everything off, and we're like casually walking back across this truck track and the works officials are like get off the track what are you doing you know not necessarily being belligerent but like saying oh my god we had no idea you were out in the middle of the desert what are you doing here you can't be here and in gncc we're allowed to be on every inch of the track so we have no idea what's going on so we get like <laughs> ushered out out of this we basically get thrown through some like razor fence at the same time that Dante Oliveira comes through and it just, you know, just mock seven through these. It was just incredible to see what these guys do, but obviously for insurance reasons that, you know, there can't be spectators on the track. So we got lucky that we just happened to miss it. And then I ran into Max and then we stood together for two hours watching the bike race, uh, world's fastest beta. I don't even know who that guy was, but you know, he was killing it. So hats off to that guy. And, uh, yeah, that's him and I kind of kicked it off and man, it was so fun and just, uh, just super cool. Like I can't wait to, to race max again, whether it's, uh, you know, ATDMX or another invitational race or a GNCC race or even a local race. Uh, you're out of what, uh, Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Far North Wisconsin. Far north. So yeah, like I think, I think Ohio sucks, but Wisconsin really sucks. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not wrong. Is, as far as weather goes. Oh yeah. In the summertime, fantastic. Wintertime, yeah. we're going to Florida, kid. Yep. We'll see you there. <laughs> so but how far away is the training facilities where you guys train? Um you're, I don't know where you go. Go don't you usually go way south? Yeah, I'm like Fort Myers area. Okay, so like I've usually stayed up like Gainesville area by Waldo. Okay, yeah. So he's he's like three and a half hours away north yeah. of me. So in the in the chat they've asked about freaking five times if you guys are going to come out and race works in January. I won't be this year. Uh, uh, my four wheeler came home. 
Um, I'll race Prim again next season. And the goal is to, man, my lighting sucks. Uh, my goal is to leave a machine out there for the 2024 season is, is my goal. Great. Great. Yeah. I probably, it would be something after the season again, if I would go, I would like to go back, um, more just a timing thing with what's going on. Um, but yeah, I won't, the only thing I may be at in or before our motocross season would be if I attended a GNCC, that'd be the only thing I would consider attending, um, would be like the first round of GNCC. Um, but even at that, um, we'll just kind of see with how our training's going, um, where we're at and all that fun stuff, but definitely would race those works races again. Um, it was probably like, I've done all three of them at this point and it's definitely a fun event. Um, it's like so similar to moto, but yet so similar to part of the GNCC to me. So, um, yeah, it's, I really took to it well compared to the GNCC. Like the GNCC for me was a super big struggle because you never get a break from trees. Like the focus you guys must have for hours. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. Like, and I'll end up doing okay. I don't like, I ran, you know, the pro-am class last year at the first one and took third. Like it was a decent race, but every time I ride when I hit a tree, like it doesn't matter what I do. Like, I get an hour, hour and a half in, and then all of a sudden some baby little tree just catches that front arm and you're spun around in a circle. Like at least the works race, I just had to get over some K rails. Like that was the gist no of doubt. it. So. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe you walk around the line for one of the G's. So. so, so let me ask you guys, if another invitational comes up, are you, do you think you'd be in? Yes. Yeah. I'd be there. So, but was it the summer break? Would that be a, would that be a negative or a positive for you guys? For you guys, it, I don't know with your break, how long, but in between. See, I don't know. I think that the time of year it was really, I mean, it sucks for the works guys, obviously, because had Bo not had the championship wrapped up, it's kind of falling at their championship. But for ATV MX and GNCC, it's our championships are over. So like we're able to travel, we're able to kind of really plan and do a lot. So to say that I would do it over summer break, especially if it's out West, I doubt it because I mean, it's going to be 120 degrees and we just have a lot going on. We have the Heartland challenge. We had the uh, Kenda nine hour this year that we did. Um, you know, I try to do, um, I try how to much money race, would it take actually, to, so. <laughs> how much money would it take to get you there? I mean, I don't know. The ten thousand was a pretty <laughs> that that was a pretty big enticing amount. So, yeah, I don't know. It just I think it would be tough, man. With uh, like I said, with all the championships still up in the air for people to go as hard as they went. I mean, look. I mean, Bryce Ford literally launched his body into oblivion for ten grand. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to see that over summer break. Well, man, I don't know. Maybe you probably probably wouldn't because he would be going to the, uh, the Disnations. So you're not going to see these guys race the way that you saw them because until October, November, we all have something going on. Yeah. I kind of be like, I don't think you're going to get your top guys to show up when you have a championship on the line. Like that's the big issue. Like if it was another series or something like that, like if there was a, you know, some kind of bigger reward than a single race, I could see maybe, something happening um 
but where we almost are contracted to be there yeah and like i think for a lot of us like at that point if you're going that far for a race mid-season like you know obviously it can't be a winner take all kind of deal um you know you'd have to have something that made it worthwhile for everyone to kind of show up um but i think that would be the hard part kind of where walker went with it is just your championships like to risk the getting hurt factor on a one-off race, I feel like would be a lot of people's issue. Um, just, yeah, that's kind of would be my take on that. Yeah. And Max, like for me personally, like obviously having, I'm not going to say no regard for life or limb, but little regard for life or limb kind of made it fun, made it exciting. And again, like it was, it was 10,000 to win. It was a guarantee. Like we knew that going in, it wasn't like it changed the day of the race or anything. Um, and I don't, I don't think it should be a series. Yeah. I, would, I don't, I don't want it to be a series. I think, I think it being a one-off, a one day event, a, a winner takes all. I, maybe, you know, obviously if we could get some for second, third, that'd be great. But I think like a, like a main, just a, a one, a one day thing. It, it almost has to be that. Okay. I see I, that. I like, I like it. I mean, I thought, I think it was cool. It brings a lot of hype to it. I just, I don't know how many people you'd see make the trip would be my issue. Like, I think a lot of people did it cause it's a cool event. The first time I would just be curious like, with a lot of people working, at least like on our side of the series, like, I don't know how many guys you would see show up just kind of from what I've heard and true. Just so, so what if we made it lucrative for the top three? Yeah. What if we make it no. lucrative for the top three on a two day event? So you Call race and get money on you race and get money maybe, on Friday. You race and get money on true. On maybe, Saturday. Uh, maybe some sort of like qualifiers and some sort of uh, like main sprint thing. And then maybe make the second day a little bit longer to cater to us or something. You know, I could see that. So we'll see. I don't know. I think <clears throat> talking to Wes, I don't see him doing it again. Him I know personally. somebody, I know somebody's working on it. Yeah. I know him personally. I don't see him doing it, which I'm, you know, sucks, but it is what it is. But I, I wonder if it would happen I'm curious to see. Uh, unfortunately, you, you hate to make it about the money, but to, to for people to travel as far as we're going to travel, it has to kind of be about the money. That's, and, that, and that sucks. But that, we have we have to. Yeah, like I mean, it's for you know for me or you to go out there from the East Coast, it was a two thousand dollar trip in diesel, if not more. Oh, yeah. No, I mean we had we had two three grand just in travel before you ever stayed at a hotel before you ever ate a meal. So yeah, and that's where like. I, I personally would love to go. It was a cool event. And that's just why I was like being real about it. I'm like, man, like I'd love to go, but if it's going to cost you $5,000 to go, like there's gotta be a little more, I feel like of an incentive for all these guys to come out or I don't see everyone making it um, a certain, sure. um, but I just think that would guarantee the like top riders to all be there at that point. For sure. And I, and I do still think the way it was presented the first time, we were all willing to take that risk because we didn't know who was going to win. And yep. I still think who we thought was going to win didn't win. So it was it was still super fun and super cool. Oh, my God, I dropped you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm over here talking with my hands, and I forgot what hand I was talking with. <laughs> as long as you don't forget which hand's turning the throttle, you're okay. No, usually the right. Sometimes the left, if it gets if it gets a little sore, 
<laughs> at the works race, I was considering my left thumb for sure. Do you run, do you run a thumb or do you run a twist? I'm a thumber. I run the uh, 09 Suzuki thumb throttle. I'm We're running right same thing, dude. So. Yep. I'll say because that's a Chad Wienan trick. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Honda has that goofy bolt that digs into your index finger and leaves you a, a terrible callus, and the Suzuki gets rid of it. The uh, the throw is a little longer than I would like, but uh, man, just not having something dig into your to your finger the whole time and have a terrible callus or calcium deposit, it was it was totally worth the change for sure. Yeah, no, I I could I went came from a Suzuki, so for me, like that was just. Oh, uh, so you actually raced a Suzuki, right? I did the Walsh hybrids, the Suzuki. Oh, okay, that's right. So I came off the. So for me, like I was all Suzuki. So everything I can to do to stay close to it is now what I did just for comfort reasons. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I agree. By far my favorite throttle I've tried. Just like you said, from a wear perspective and a throw perspective, like it's kind of had the best of all of them. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it's comfortable for, for me and for at least a lot of people that I sell the machines to that have that throttle on there. They end up loving it. So I just had to ask a lot of you guys, yes. work, works and it must be something with the endurance. A lot of guys run the twist. I was so just going to say, what made Walker switch from twist to a thumb throttle? Uh, so I did win my 2011 uh, XC2 Pro-Am Championship on a twist throttle and two overalls that season. And for me, it was the mud races, um, the lack of being able to hold on and the inability for like true that like Pop, pop, get throttle control. Um, you can't move your wrist as fast that, as you can move your fingers. So for me, that quick, when I need it, especially on the EFI quad, now anyone on a Honda, you're screwed because the quad's going to shut off. But the EFI Yamaha that I recommend riding. Hey, 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 you, hey, hey. No, when it, you, it's when all you, about tuning. When you quick blip the throttle, it'll actually respond and it'll do a lot of cool things. So for me, a, uh, a a thumb throttle was a huge asset. Um, now Johnny Gallagher, uh, Chris Borich, uh, Chris Bithel in the past. Um, man, there's a bunch of riders that actually still raced a twist throttle and do it very well. They run a uh, YZ125 quarter turn OEM uh, twist grip. I've n I never did race that. Uh, when I was doing it, I was running a custom. Uh, oh my gosh, Motion Pro. There we go. Um, it just didn't work. So I went to back to the thumb, got comfortable on a Honda thumb, and then got really comfortable on the Suzuki thumb and just haven't looked back. Uh, when I ride a dirt bike, yes, I do still use a twist throttle. I'm not a thumb guy on a, on a dirt bike. I have ridden the thumb on a dirt bike. It was cool. I can do it. But I'm not, you know, T. Brown. I'm not, you know, uh, Brand Summers. You know, I just I, I have to have a twist on a, on a bike. It just makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out and, and having this conversation. The, the chat loved it. Uh, we missed a couple things. Uh, Josh Merritt was asking some questions uh, in the, in the feed. I didn't, I didn't catch everything he said. Probably and not Brandon, super useful. <laughs> uh, it's usually funny. And Brandon Hogue asked you not to call him out like that. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Brandon. I, again, I, as far as as far as AC I think he was goes, kidding. Unbelievable rider. He will smoke me on a motocross track. But we were all so shocked that he could not get over a set of tires. 
because he's a fantastic all-around athlete. So, I mean, it could have been the night. It could have been what he ate that day. We don't know, but like he struggled. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not me saying that it, it, it was the fact. So I'm sorry, Brandon, hate to call you out on it, but I mean, it, it happened. So when I come to a motocross track and I can't get over a double, you can call me, you know, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Brandon, I don't think Brandon has a mean bone in his body. Really. Uh, I've always talked to him and he's been a super nice kid. So, and yeah, you're all kids. Even you, oh, yeah. even you Walker. I know. I know. I, oh, so. you can't uh, look at those brother. You look see at that this. silver. Hey, oh, this. See, you don't count. You're that's, that's oh. wisdom and experience. This it's is just... poor decisions. This is what that is. <laughs> you forget I raced desert for a, a little bit. Oh, you know? sir, trust me. We all know your story. There's a reason we're all here. Hey, uh, it, it's a lot of fun to listen to you guys. I I miss the enthusiasm of being able to race and get get excited like this. And when I was standing there watching the race or watching practice and watching all the things happen. I had an ear to ear grin the whole time. I loved it when Bryce came into the tires of practice and, and went over the bars. It was, <laughs> that, so was funny. The, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, I've never seen someone lawn dart to their face so hard and just like stand up. And I'm like, wow, he doesn't even wear a chest protector. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> His handlebar gets caught in the tire and he can't turn the bike back up. Oh, it was wild. Uh, I mean, there, there was just so many great moments in that whole deal. Um, the, the young man that you raced at the first time, um, uh, Max, what, yep. how do you, how do you pronounce his name? Jeremy Ladon, right? Is that right, Walker? Yeah. Jeremy Ladon. Jeremy Ladon. I'm going to have to remember that he has got skills over the tires. though. Super. Doesn't he? he could get over the tires like a son of a gun for sure. All, all day too. And that's, and he struggled, which he was getting over him in practice and then you guys raced and it was like, neither yep. of you could do, not that neither of you could do anything right. But then on like the moto and the turns and stuff, you couldn't do anything wrong until the last corner. Like it was just like, it was literally the, like that set the whole tone for the night was your guys's race. Like when you guys came off the track, we're like, well, every other race should just quit because it's never going to get better than that. And that wasn't was like a slap in the face to either rider. You guys were literally hanging it out. Yeah. I've never, like, I know Jeremy pretty well from back home and he was on a full XC bike and he was absolutely shredding as hard as an XC bike will shred on a motocross track, severely underpowered, severely <laughs> under cornered and doing everything he could to just make sure that Max Lindquist was not going to catch him. And dude, you were a freight train out of hell trying to catch him. And you actually caught him four corners less than we thought you would catch him. We thought you'd have caught him by the finish line on the actual motocross yeah. track. You yeah. literally didn't catch him until that over that step over jump coming into the finish. And we're like, all right, throw the hats off, man. Like it's anyone's race at this point. And dude, he just, he just left, he left a bike on the inside and you, I've never seen a Yamaha come in with a harder head of steam and just, I mean, again, like it sucks for Jeremy because he did such a good job, but like you could have threw a coin at the end of that race and said who was going to win. And it was one of the best races of the night. So hats off to Jeremy Ledone. I know he may or may not be listening, but I hope he rewatches this. And obviously Max hats off to you, man, for, for that pass 
And then it sucks that you got beat by Bryce, but then so did I. So, I mean, we're all for both of us. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he wait ended a up uh, being the ultimate winner. So, like, I don't yep. feel bad that I got beat by the guy that won. Yeah. Uh, so, I, for me, it wasn't getting beat. It was just, like, beating myself. Like, that's how I felt about that race. Like, everyone that lost, I just felt like you beat yourself. Like, for me, you I did. got the tires. Like, and that's what probably burns me more than anything else is like when you beat yourself in a race, like it's yeah. not that if you just can't beat someone, like they straight up were better. And Bryce, you know, obviously was that day, but when you beat yourself before the race is over, it's just, that's like the hardest way to lose a race in my opinion. Is, no, so. doubt, no doubt. And that's, that's where I was like, when I beat Natalie, I don't think I beat him because I was better. I just beat him because I got through the tires better. Which I'm going to say I was better. <laughs> <laughs> no, and John knows. We talked a bunch after the race. That was so cool. But damn it, man, I was so good in the tires, That, that the big set of tires. The left yep. side was, was easy. Not easy, but it was. you could get through it almost guaranteed. That right set, if you drop the right front in that right tire, you're done. Was, the left side had dirt in it. The right side did not. Mm-hmm. You drop it in the right side, it was over. And man, at the end, every single rider did it except Bryce Ford. So congrats, Bryce, for being the only guy to somehow pull it off and win $10,000. You dirty dog, you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, would rather be lucky than good, right? Yeah. He's skilled too, man. Yeah. Uh, we talked after the race. Fantastic kid. Fantastic family. Unbelievably fast bike. Oh, my gosh. And he run me down on the motocross portion. I made that, that WFR Yamaha, the widest 50 inches that it's ever been in its life. <laughs> and I held him off, but it wasn't for long. So uh, it was still fun though, man. I had a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I really appreciate it. Walker, I need to catch up with you, uh, about, uh, XC, uh, Max, we need to, we need to talk about, um, MX and, um, I'll be in touch to both of you guys. And again, it was a, a pleasure sitting down and talking with you and you're both amazing racers and uh, congratulations on the works win. Awesome. Appreciate it so much. Uh, Max, I literally, not that I didn't agree to it before, but as soon as Leonard said that you were on the show, I was like, I'm a hundred percent committed. So uh, I, I apologize. I was five or 10 minutes late. I was having a hard time getting, getting on the show. We, we were all late. You're all good. So all right, but uh, I screwed up and started it on the wrong, uh, on the wrong page. No worries, man. It happens. <laughs> uh, uh, I know help. We had, we had 60, 70, 80 listeners early. I know we have 30 now. So thank you guys so much for hanging out this long. Uh, always a pleasure to be on ATV uh, talk podcast. Uh, Leonard, thank you so much, Max. Thank you so much, man. Uh, best of luck on your upcoming season and your training, please stay healthy, man. That's the hardest part. I know that being an old geezer, just stay healthy. You have a good You're shot. You're not even man. old, bro. You're not even old. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's easier said than done to stay healthy, man. So, uh, man, do your thing. You're a awesome athlete. Hope you get to race a full season next year. And, uh, Leonard, thank you so much for always having me on the show. Appreciate you, man. Hey, you guys are awesome. Good luck. And we'll talk soon guys. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, 
Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs, and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.